0: Good morning, friends. It is Halloween, October thirty-first, twenty twenty-three. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott, and lots of scary things to talk about this morning. So I'm gonna whip through them. The first three actually document or rather the first three items I have all revolve around the same news story, but they all have different takes that I thought were interesting. Because this is probably the biggest, the biggest cyber news piece um Overnight, And that is that obviously the, um, eg- the Biden administration has, lists, has issued an executive order regarding AI. And I like the register had a very good headline, which I probably would have written this myself. Um, although I hope it was sarcastic in nature, but it was from the register. This is Kataya Couch reporting. And it is, yeah, that ought to do the trick, Joe. Biden hopes to tackle AI safety with an executive order. U.S. President Joe Biden issued an executive order today, putting, this was today, me, Monday, the 30th, putting in place some safeguards that may... Keyword probably there may mitigate societal risks stemming from increasingly powerful AI technology. The sweeping order hopes to address a large, a range of issues, including safety and privacy, innovation, job loss, as well as algorithmic discrimination. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it hits right on all that. And then there's a bunch of other stuff on this, but I went to a fact sheet. I want to say, you know. Because most of these news, news stories are not going to go into depth as to what the actual executive order says and what it means. Because chances are the um, writers of the articles don't understand what it means. So they can't really say to it all, other than having some nice quotes and listing from the article. So this is straight from the whitehouse.com. And I will include this link as well. So there are new standards for AI safety and security. So it directs the most sweeping actions ever to protect Americans from the potential risk of AI systems. And I'm just going to kind of whip through some of these. Require that developers of the most powerful AI systems share their safety test results and other critical information with the U.S. government. All right. Who determines who's the most powerful? That'd be my first question, but whatever. Okay. And this is in accordance with the Defense Production Act, and they go into a whole bunch of that. Develop standards, tools, and tests to help ensure that AI systems are safe, secure, and trustworthy. Protect against the risk of using AI to en- engineer dangerous biological materials. Protect Americans from AI-enabled fraud and deception by establishing standards and best practices for detecting AI-generated content and authenticating official content. Establish an advanced cybersecurity program to develop AI tools to fix and find vulnerabilities in critical software. Order the development of a national security memorandum that further directs actions on AI and security. This will be developed by the National Security Council and White House Chief of Staff. I'm sure it'll be just as effective as the Cyber Safety Review Board, but that's a story for another day. Now, as far as protecting privacy, it says it will protect Americans' privacy by prioritizing federal support for accelerating the development of use of privacy-preserving techniques, strengthening strengthening privacy, preserving whatever. It goes on to a whole bunch of other stuff. And of course it there is part of the order that is advancing equity and civil rights. So let's just see what that says. Provide clear guidance to landlords, federal benefits programs, and federal contractors to keep AI algorithms from being used to exacerbate discrimination. It goes on a whole bunch. Okay, my first question here obviously is going to be, who's monitoring all this? And here's the funny thing. I saw one article that said this legislation does blah blah. This is not even legislation. It's a president's signing an order that the next president could easily disable the first day he's into office as says And so if you read the whole thing, there's really not any, it's not like you're going to go to jail if you don't do these things. These are more like suggestions. Please do these things. That would be fantastic if you would do these things, because we want to protect yourself. And most of these orders really apply largely to people within the executive branch of the U S government, how they're going to, I would love someone, maybe someone listening to this can explain it to me because I'm honestly not going to do a ton of research into this executive order, but what is the, how is the government going to use this executive order to make AI better, safer, stronger, faster, or whatever, you know? I mean, and how's it going to, how are they going to, how are they going to enforce creating designing AI around equity standards is, is, is really unbelievable. But the next article on SC media this headline was kind of a little off-putting to me. Cyber pros praise Biden executive order on artificial intelligence. So I'm wondering, who are these cyber pros? So the article is by Steve Zurr. President Joe Biden, okay, released executive order, we know that. The new EO, primarily a response to ongoing public concerns around the fast pace of development and potential risks around AI. Again, there you go, potential risks. So anything has a, everything has a potential risk. Are we going to start... Doing an executive order for everything? Maybe we are. Who knows? Anyway, it pa- gives practically every agency of the federal government a role in the nation's attempt to securely harness the promise of AI. Whew, what could go wrong? So let's see who these cyber people praising this are. Um, let's see. So here's one. The EO is level-headed. It avoids the use of phrases like existential risk and focuses on concrete problems, security and safety, privacy, and discrimination, says James Lewis, a senior researcher at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Well, he sounds like a cybersecurity pro. Sure. Who else says anything about this? Um, let's see. Uh, are, we quoting, are we quoting anybody here? President, okay, here's one. President, Biden's EO executive order underscores a robust robust commitment to safety, cybersecurity, and rigorous testing, says Casey Ellis, founder and CTO of Bug Crowd. Okay. Again, how, what, what? Okay, here's another one. Okay. Randy Larrier, AI security leader at Optiv, said ultimately, the question about the red teaming and safety of new models has been much requested in the research community. Now, here's my question. Why can't you just do it? You're, okay, much request. You need the you need the federal government to tell you to do it. Just if you're worried about just, this is so. F- Ooh, okay, but I almost cursed. I would have had to put a box, check a box there. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, I worry that many open source models, which are derived, this is from the same guy, are derived from a big foundational model, which that can be. Uh, just as risky without the burden of red teaming. But this is a start again. No one's stopping anybody from red teaming this stuff. Okay. Here's another one. Ashley Leonard, chief executive officer of SignSec si- I'm sorry. Uh, Six cents. Added that it will be very interesting to see how the vulnerability program gets implemented and if those tools we open source and voluntary or proprietary and government mandated. That's an excellent question. Leonard said that over the last 30 years, we've seen how code degrades over time. It's why we have new vulnerabilities and bugs released every day. But again, that should be up on the people making the software to fix all that stuff. Anyway, it takes real resources, budget, time, and staff. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Um, here's another one Marcus Fowler, chief executive officer of Dark Trace Federal, added he and his team firmly believe that the industry achieve AI safety without cybersecurity. I don't disagree with that. However, why do we need the federal government to tell us what to do with it? You could all, if you are in AI, you could do it yourself. But again, I repeat myself repeatedly. So anyway, so that probably going to take up most of this podcast going to be that particular story, but but it because I have a lot of opinions on that. It could have been a Friday op-ed, probably should have been, but you'd all forgotten about it by then. So let's go quickly through a couple other ones. Um, This is more of a good news story from The Register. This is Jessica Hardcastle reporting Florida man jailed after draining $1 million from victims in crypto SIM swap attacks. Yay, someone going to jail. A 20-year-old Florida man has been sentenced to 30 months, two and a half years, behind bars for his role in a SIM swapping ring that stole nearly a million dollars in cryptocurrency from does of victims um jordan persad of orlando was ordered also ordered to pay 945 uh, thousand in restitution he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit computer, computer fraud on may 4th so sums up to that someone's going to jail um uh jordan's problem was that he was in the united states he probably should have done this overseas but again i'm not here to tell people how to run their criminal enterprises but yay someone going to jail it's nice to see uh, from bleeping computer lawrence abrams reporting last pass breach linked to a theft of 4.4 million dollars in cryptocurrency hackers have stolen 4.4 million in crypto on august october 25th using private keys and passphrases stolen in or stored in stolen last pass databases according to research by crypto fraud researchers who have been researching similar instances. So, obviously there was a there was a last data breach um well actually in 2022 uh, i assume it's from this I don't know exactly. It doesn't exactly say. Oh yeah, yeah. in twenty twenty two, last so this is the last pass breach from twenty twenty two. So it obviously takes a while to go through all the data within that data breach. Bad guys figured out how to went through go through it and now are stealing cryptocurrency. So if you were if a last pass user, sadly you did not probably not aware of the of the data breach and sadly didn't know to change your passwords. So if you are a last pass user, I recommend you change your passwords pretty darn quick. All right, SEC sues SolarWinds for misleading investors before the 2020 hack. This is where, if you don't do the right thing in cybersecurity, bad things happen. Sergio Gatlin reporting, Beepin Computer. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission today charged SolarWinds with defrauding investors by allegedly concealing cybersecurity defense issues from a December 2020 link to um, uh, this poorly worded uh, attack linked to APT 29. Uh, Yeah, so this is the SolarWinds um, event we all know about. The SEC claims SolarWinds failed to notify investors about cybersecurity risks and poor practices that it's CISO Tim Brown, who's also facing legal action, knew about. Instead, the company reportedly disclosed only broad and theoretical risks to its investors. Do the right thing, people. You won't get in trouble. So, bummer for solar winds, but you get what you reap, what you sow. Um, this is from Bill Tolis, also bleeping computer. The FTC orders non-bank financial firms to report data breaches in 30 days. So, the FTC has amended the Safeguard Rules, mandating that all non-banking financial institutions report data breach incidents within 30 days. These are mortgage brokers, motor vehicle dealers, payday lenders, investment firms, insurance companies, peer-to-peer lenders, and asset management firms. The requirement adds to the safeguard rule aiming to enhance data security pressure. So essentially, honestly, if you, if you, this is going to expand out, if you manage money in any way, if you have any touch to anybody's financial security, or everyone, not security necessarily, but their, their accounts, you are going to be tagged with this eventually. And I got to apologize. I'm hearing a buzzing in the background from my from my podcast equipment so if you're hearing that I apologize. I'll fix that by tomorrow but that's kind of weird but anyway. So again, uh, just another thing if you are if you if your company handles financial information, third party financial information, you want to pay attention to this stuff cuz this is all coming your way. Uh, from the Hacker News, I mentioned yesterday that there was a downgrading in hacktivism um, attacks because of the Hamas Israeli conflict. Well, Pro-Hamas hacktivist targeting Israeli entities with wiper malwares. I think I even mentioned you will see upticks and downticks. This is an uptick. A pro-Hamas hacktivist group has been observed using a new Linux-based wiper malware dubbed BB Linux Wiper, <laughs> targeting Israel in, intended, and entities amidst the ongoing Israel, Israel-Hamas war. The malware is a, an x64-elf executable, lacking obfuscation and protection measures, security joe's said in a new report published on the 30th it allows attackers to specifically target folders and can potentially destroy an entire operating system if run with uh root permission so um if you're associated with uh, any israeli companies just know that th- th- these these douchebags are looking for you um and will look to cause you problems so um there's no cves mentioned here in this article but this is again from hacker news you can go read more of it if you want to I'm going to skip that story, can run out of time. Um, we mentioned the Lazarus Group the other day, so I want to just follow up on that. Lazarus Group is a Korean hacking firm, a group, I guess, if you will. Uh, this is from infosecuritymagazine.com. Lazarus Group tar- malware targets legitimate software. Alessandro Masolino reporting a new malicious campaign by Lazarus Group has been observed leveraging malware distributed through legitimate software. Kaspersky has unveiled a cyber campaign at the cy- Cybersecurity Summit. Or I'm sorry, Security Analyst Summit. Sorry about that. The team's investigation identified a series of cyber incidents where targets were infected through legitimate software designed to encrypt web communications using digital certificates. Despite patches being available for vulnerabilities, organizations worldwide continue to use unnamed flawed software, inadvertently provided providing an entry point for the Lazarus Group. So I mean, not surprising that the Lazarus Group is is evolving their their tools and their Traits. Chances are they're using AI for it. But hey, you know what? If they're using AI for this, that new executive, I'm sure, will solve all of this problem. So we got that to look forward to. So we got that going for us, which is nice. And finally, since it is Halloween, here from this is from WeLibSecurity.com. 20 scary cybersecurity facts and figures for a haunting Halloween. i only mention five, and I'll just do the first five they list because I didn't read through the whole article. Um, so here is the top spooky security facts that will haunt you. Phishing was the most common form of cyber crime against businesses and consumers last year. Duh. Phishing attacks use many lures. Duh. Username password combinations are in high demand because they grant hackers access to your own online personal banking accounts. Duh. Software updates are essential to fix newly discovered. Duh. 80% of vulnerabilities reported in 2020 were either medium or high severity. That's an interesting fact. So that thumbs up on that one with 16% deemed critical. So that's good to know that uh, the vulnerabilities are always problematic. So you want to, um continue that this is another one fishing continues to be money how is that not all part of the same spooky fact at the front but whatever hey here's one mfa a great way to mitigate threats mm-hmm. what else we got here this is since we're having some fun here according to the same study nearly one in every 200 passwords is one two three four five six great. That is that is fantastic. I will let you go back and you, you can go read this more if you just want to amuse yourself on this Halloween. And with that, I'll let you go trick-or-treating, have fun with the kids, know that knowledge is protection. If we understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk again tomorrow. I am running short on time. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by Cyber Guy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Mott. Thanks for listening.